Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. Yamoto Musashi, possibly the greatest samurai warrior to ever walk the planet. If you're into martial arts or the martial arts mindset or the warrior mindset in some way, you've probably heard, if not from me, from somewhere, the name Miyamoto Musashi. Um, wrote the book of Five Rings. Um, it's a classic uh, book on warrior strategy. Um, it's a lot of really in-depth stuff. But the what he's known for, you know, aside from the duels and the, you know, chopping people's heads off and all that stuff, is uh, his philosophy. And uh, I want to share as much of that as I can via this one uh, Medium article from Alvin Ang. Give him credit where it's due. Um, I, I really dig this article and uh, this person, and you can follow him. I'll link him up for sure because this article on nine tips from a samurai to help you live a winner's life is outstanding. And, um, you know, I started writing my own, and then I, through my research I came across um, Mr. Mr. Ang, I think I, I think I need to say it like Ong. Um, his article in it just like, man, like I wouldn't have anything compared to this. So I'm just going to riff off of his article and steal, borrow um, his brain because I think it's really good. And I will link it up too and you should read it in depth because he really gets into some good detail. Um, Miyamoto Musashi study strategy over the years and achieve the spirit of the warrior. Today is victory over yourself of yesterday. Tomorrow is your victory over lesser men. Women. I love that. Today is victory over yourself of yesterday. Man, get better 1% every day is one of our sayings. So there we go. Musashi was a legendary samurai. And uh, he's got some great stuff. But mostly, he's got these nine principles um, if it were like a blog post today, <laughs> thankfully he wrote it in book form. Um, <laughs> it'd be like nine quick tips to make yourself awesome, but you can follow these things. Do not think dishonestly. Now, this one's hard. Truth is not what you want it to be. It is what it is, and you must bend to its power or live a lie. My sensei always says it's black or it's white. And for a long time, I heard him saying that. And I was like, man, yeah, but a lot of life is lived in the gray. And that's true. We live a lot of our modern lives in the gray areas. 
but staying as gray as you can is a terrible habit, right? Because how many times has like one little one little false thing, one little slip has just it just turns into all this other stuff that you have to deal with and you have to keep all these things sort of at play with yourself and always be worrying about. And if it's big enough, it can really cause anxiety. That's the thing. We all tell these little white lies, right? Sometimes they mean well. Sometimes we think they're harmless and inconsequential. And it's also not just about lying. It's also about letting things slip. Like a disrespect from someone to you, which you genuinely feel. You don't say anything about it. And the next thing you know, they do it again. And then they do it again. And then your relationship becomes them doing that to you. And you begin not to like them. And that's all you see. And then you stop being friends. Whereas if you would have just set the tone early, it wouldn't happen. So that's kind of the whole point, is that things can build. Um, Be bold and truthful, both to yourself and others. Life is too short to live a lie. Okay? That's sort of the first step. It's trying to be as honest with yourself and the world as you can first step in becoming a warrior, having that warrior mindset. And often the first step is the hardest. The way is in training. (laughs) So, I mean, the guy was a samurai, so of course he's always saying um, train. You can only fight the way you practice. A bullet from a gun does not make a distinction between practice and combat. You're training to be one in the same way in your life. Um, I don't know that that second part's Masashi, but... um, Right, so, you know, particularly talking about, you know, like martial arts, um, there's a lot of different mindsets and a lot of different approaches. And, you know, uh, I'm not just going to sit here and say train hard and train realistically, but um, you've got to have that mindset, you know. You've got to, whatever you're doing, whatever you're practicing, martial arts or, you know, guitar, you know, if you're practicing the guitar, you have to imagine yourself playing the guitar for other people, you know, um, in order to get better. In karate, uh, Gichin Funakoshi, who's known as the um, sort of modern progenitor of progenit- I don't know what that word is, uh, <laughs> the modern um, spreader <laughs> of, of uh, Okinawan karate to Japan has 20 principles, and one of them is that karate is like boiling water. Without heat, it returns to its tepid state. And it's one of my favorites, and one that I struggle with with my students probably the most, which is how much pressure to put on someone, how much pressure to put on yourself. Without pressure, without that boiling water, we don't truly grow and it's it's one of those age old like you know feel good Instagram post things you know which is like you know don't fear the difficult you know or was it Winston Churchill says like if you're going through hell keep going like all those little easy quips but it is really 
um, found in training, and I find it in martial arts a lot, which is that where does that pressure and what is the threshold for the pressure to where the pressure is good and then it crosses the line to being damaging. And I, and I think that um, that, is, that is the way. This is the way, you know. Um, I think that constant search, and, and, I, and I, I think that the scale is kind of a graded scale based on your, your skill and time in and those that are around you and where you are. Um, I think it's all related, and it definitely is the way um, to a certain level of enlightenment about yourself is through that, um, through that pressure, through that boiling water. So, yeah, <laughs> you only fight the way you practice, right? The way is in training. It's legit. Um, become acquainted with every art. So Musashi was a Renaissance man. And, you know, samurai weren't just sword-wielding um, badasses. They, they painted. They wrote poetry. Musashi himself retired from his uh, duels and went in um, secluded himself on a mountain and wrote this book, or the Book of Five Rings and others. Um, and he gave up the sword to do those things. He practiced calligraphy. Um, it's interesting to think that such warriors would spend their time writing poetry. It is difficult to realize the true way just through sword fencing or sword fighting. Know the smallest things and the biggest things, the shallowest things and the deepest things. It is difficult to understand the universe if you only study one planet. Learning a little bit about everything helps you see that it's interconnected. Um, you know, I, I, you should be sort of a generalist um, in many things, right? You should know stuff about the world you know you should experience experiences in the world you know um, if you don't know what sushi tastes like go get some you know uh, do, do you always buy the same beer or do you try different types of beer I mean uh, just you know queuing off of myself um, it's interesting so in Mr. Ong's article here, he ends it with this quote from Robert Heinlein, uh, a well-established, one of the greats, science fiction writers. I'm going to read that. A human being should be able to change a diaper, plan an invasion, butcher a hog, con a ship, design a building, write a sonnet, balance accounts, build a wall, set a bone, comfort the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, cook a tasty meal, fight efficiently, die gallantly. Specialization is for insects. That was from uh, Starship Troopers, I believe. Um, but if you haven't read that book, you go read it right now. Um, it's a short read. Go get it. Read it. Um, that's so true, right? Like, like we, you know, even in, even in uh, a profession which I've spent, you know, over two decades in, um, graphic design and what evolved into web design 
you know, all these people, they want to really specialize and hone in and focus on something. And, you know, and that's great. I, I will say that I've made my career work probably because um, I didn't specialize. I sort of generalized in the overall art of um, design and communication. So for me, the technical aspect of writing HTML or CSS or JavaScript or working in a specific program, um, those are just tools, right? I can, I can learn a new tool set. You can teach a monkey to learn a new tool set. You can teach a, a teenage intern how to use a tool set, right? Um, it's, the, it's the skill behind it. It's the knowledge behind it the years of experience that you build behind it, which is where you can truly begin to grow your career and make it be something other than just the nuts and bolts of what it is. And I think that's where Masashi's going with this. That's definitely where Heinlein is going. Well, absolutely where Heinlein is going with it. Um, And if you think about yourself in the world, there might be something that you do to exchange for money professionally. Um, Maybe you're an auto mechanic or, you know, you are a computer programmer. They're much, very much one and the same. Um, when you consider all the other skills of, that you have in terms of being a human <laughs> that you employ. Um, it's quite fascinating. Know the ways of all professions. That's probably very closely related to the other one. Um, and, you know, I I, I think Musashi, if I remember right, he did a lot of like odd jobs and things as he was making his way around um, the world of Japan or whatever, um, surviving. <laughs> he would do things. Um, at least I know he would look at other people. You know, he would observe a rice farmer, lords, you know, other wandering swordsmen, um, but. One of the things he wrote about was is how he studied them the same, and then he derived um, different ways of approaching life from that. And his, his famous quote is that, if you know the way broadly, you will see it in everything. And let's unpack that, because I, I think that's important. I think he's absolutely right. Because by studying everything in the world and the way people do things you begin to understand your own strategy for approaching life you begin to solidify your own principles for living and approaching life and then you begin to see that or the lack of that in everything that gets done Uh, Jocko, I know other SEALs, uh, Mark Devine, they say things like um, the way you do anything is the way you do everything or the way you do the small things is the way you do everything. Um, Like McChrystal, like the Admiral McChrystal says, uh, make your bed every morning because that's the first thing that sets the tone for the day. And it's so true. And I think that's where he's going with this. Uh, And he he talks deeply about... um, fighting with swords and sword play and it's not about for him it's not about a specific style 
And Musashi's known for fighting with uh, a stick, a boken, a wooden sword. He's known for fighting with a boat paddle or a long, or, or a, a long bow, um, bow staff, um, not just you know, sharp samurai swords because he uh, melted everything down into a specific strategy for how he approaches um, combat. And the swords just became tools. Just like, you know, I was saying, uh, you know, whether it's like Photoshop or, or the specific thing that I use to make something for a client, that thing is just a tool set, right? It's my experience and it's my approach and what makes me me um, that gives it value. If you know the way broadly, you will see it in everything. I love that so much. <clears throat> Distinguish between gain and loss in worldly matters. Man, he's got a way of just cutting to the essence and also making it beautiful. Um, I'll, read, I'll read what Mr. Ung wrote here. In a bid for clarity, we often ironically end up overthinking and muddying the waters even further. Musashi advises in his typical no-nonsense matter not to in- exist in the gray world of in-between. We've already established that um, earlier with his no-lying thing. Uh, a warrior's purpose is to win fights. A carpenter's purpose is to build a home. A cook's purpose is to make food. <laughs> Homemaker's purpose is to keep the house neat. You've got to distinguish between winning and losing in the very base things. And I think this also applies to expectation. Because when we begin to set super high expectations on um, outcomes or other people, we're often let down. And it's because we, we put those things on other things. When it should be very simple. Right? It should be very simple. Um... If your job is to make dinner, go make dinner, right? You succeeded. You made food, right? Now, if, if your job is to make dinner and you didn't make the best meal ever in the history of you making meals and that lets you down, well, your expectations were in overly high, <laughs> You did not adequately give yourself room for success. Watch those expectations. Number six here. Develop intuitive judgment and understanding for everything. That This is like, he's got a whole chapter in Book of Five Rings called Void, and it's sort of like the nature of everything. Um, this is probably the most difficult chapter. Um um it's sort of like this chapter is sort of a lot around uh, transcendence polish the twofold spirit heart and mind and sharpen the twofold gaze perception and sight when your spirit is not in the least clouded when the clouds of bewilderment clear away there is the true void then you will come to think of things in a wide sense 
taking the void as the way, you will see the way as void, and the void is virtue and no evil. Wisdom has existence. Principle has existence. The way has existence. Spirit is nothingness. And again, this Musashi in particular and the samurai mindset, uh, particularly in removing expectation, it's it's where my mind goes with this. Um, removing expect expectation is the path to enlightenment. In in my in my experience so far in forty six years on this planet. Perhaps that'll change after another forty six years, but. Um, right now is where my heart is, is that if if I work to remove expectation from others and it is kept base, if I remove judgment, okay, and I simply work on understanding for everything, for everyone, well, then I won't be let down. And I'm not saying that in a, in a defeatist manner. I'm saying it in a real-world manner. And I've covered this before in other episodes where, you know, to not overly set expectations on other things that you don't, specifically on things you can't control, um, I mean, how many times have you thought you got someone the perfect present and then they weren't as happy with it as you you were when, when you bought it for them or you thought they should be? Like that's your expectation put on them, right? You're let down because they weren't in your brain and they weren't in your emotions. Um, that's not on them. So... Another side of life, and I think a lot of people that I coach are here, and they think or they feel that the the big thing is coming, right? You're constantly like, if I one day or I'm going to work to, right? So there's something on the horizon, right, that I'm always building to or whatever, and, and that's cool, but the problem is there's, life is just life. Like, there's no plan. There's no control. The, the world is chaos. Things happen, and you're just in it. You're just on this planet. <laughs> so don't set expectations for things. Don't sit back and just let things happen. You're in it. You're on it. You're making it happen. This is where this is, right? This is the void, and this is, I think this is what he's saying, and this is your path to enlightenment about the world, is to stop waiting, stop expecting, and just do the thing now, Right? So when we're young, when we're babies, when we're first born, this is how we are. 
you're just there, right? You're, you're literally waiting on your next meal, you know? Um, and as adults, we learn to put expectations on things. So we sort of teach ourselves this over time. Um, there's a lot more to this. Um, uh, that That's definitely a chapter which you should spend a lot of time on, the, the void part where he writes about. Um, it's pretty deep. Um, I don't want to spend too much more time on it here because I'm trying to go over the, all the things. Perceive those things which cannot be seen. So this is sort of like, this is another part of the void bit, but um, there's another aspect to it, which is, um, intuitive understanding, right? And in, in he advises, Musashi advises uh, us to adopt a mountain-like viewpoint, one that is tall and far-seeing, right? Aspire to be like Mount Fuji, with such a broad and solid foundation that the strongest earthquake cannot move you, and so tall that the greatest enterprises of common men seem insignificant from your lofty perspective. With your mind as high as Mount Fuji, you can see all things clearly. And you can see all the forces that shape events, not just the things happening near to you. So I think that's, you know, that's sort of part of that intuitive understanding, which is trying to develop a broad viewpoint of things, right? And, you know, you definitely see this, like, nowadays in politics, where it's just like one you know, tunnel, tunnelized vision viewpoint of like left or right or whatever. Um, you're not really seeing the whole field, right? We say that like a good general or a good quarterback can see the whole field. And that's important um, to understand both offense and defense, to understand all sides of the um, equation. You know what I mean? And that's what he's talking about. Um, being objective, seeing the reality of things as opposed to clouded by your lens of expectation or whatever it is. Perception is strong and sight is weak. In strategy, it is important to see distant things as if they were close and to take a distanced view of close things, right? So, you know, adopt an in- work to adopt an intuitive mind and an objective way of looking at things. I mean, you put those together, you're pretty fearsome, um, and it's sort of like the difference between playing chess and checkers, right? Pay attention even to trifles. There, uh, Mr. Ong, uh, he says, uh, he references the booting saying, the meaning of the world can be understood by observing a single raindrop. <laughs> it's like a Buddhist thing, pretty deep. But from one thing, no 10,000 things. And... In the world of martial arts, we talk about keeping the white belt mind, keeping the white belt mindset, white belt mentality. It's an open mind and a humble heart. So, you know, I often, I will often have um, someone who is not a black belt teach someone something um, in my classes. Um, and they might be a higher rank or whatever, but it really doesn't matter. If if you know something and someone else doesn't know something, regardless of your social status in whatever group, you should be humble enough to learn. 
And I recently picked up a student who is uh, who's learning from me in uh, the the form of martial arts I teach, and he already has a black belt in another art. And and he came to a few classes, and and one of the one of the requirements in where I, for me is that you need to come to a few classes before I give you a white your white belt. Um, I don't just I don't just give out white belts like candy whenever you walk in. Here's your thing. Like I want to make sure you're gonna be at least a little consistent. So I want you to come to three classes back to back to back. He did that, and then I gave him his white belt, and I said. Um, are you are you humble enough to wear this? And uh, you know he, I think he was a little confused by what I said because he you know he he said I hope so, and then like later he mentioned it again that you know he he finally understands what I meant. Um, and you know I I still do it's still early on, and and I really hope he does, and he seems to be. But also, in that instance, the flip side of that is not just does he have the humility to listen to me, because I'm, I'm younger than he is too, but to put me in the position of being his teacher, but is he humble enough to remove the trappings of his previous knowledge and learn the new stuff? Um, and, and, you know... Honestly, we've struggled with that a little bit where there's older habits and older things that he's picked up from his other art that they're not, they're not huge. They're not really getting in the way, but he has to overcome them, and he brings them up a lot. And I expect that, but um, that is part of the humility, which is can you set that stuff aside? Can you set aside this, this large amount of time that you spent mastering or working on something else to start something new? Um, because it is a new path, and... Um, you know, Musashi's known for keeping that white belt m- mentality. Um, it allowed him to learn from carpenters, from rice farmers, and even other rival swordsmen because you can learn from anyone. I've been taught um, things in karate from like an eight-year-old. And they're some of the best lessons, the simplest things. So from one thing, no 10,000 things. And that's a cool thing um, to keep that white belt mentality always going in your heart. Do nothing that is of no use. That's the last one here. Um, uh, so it's sort of like, um, I don't know, the samurai secret to, to productivity um, you know, it's sort of like don't waste your time. <laughs> um, like a lot of times, you know, we try to do more things than we should, right? Um, you ever heard of this multitasking? Um, you really can't multitask. Like, and it's been proven, and, and I believe it, and I have a hard time with it. I, I'm very binary in that I can only really do one thing at a time, right? It'd be like trying to record this podcast and answer emails at the same time. Like, I don't know how you do that. I've, I've seen people try to do that. Um, and how often are you, like, 
are you there with a in in a conversation with someone you love and you're looking at your phone or you're doing something else and you don't really remember anything they said to you um that's one side of it you know the multitasking side of it is you know and a lot of times if you're at work you're trying to do three or four things at one time and you know all of a sudden it's lunch and you haven't really gotten anything done and then you come back and all of a sudden it's the end of the day and you haven't really finished any of the tasks that you're all trying to do whereas if you would have just done one thing you'd have gotten that one thing done and it's shipped um the other flip side of that is like maybe you have a long commute to work do you just sit there and stare into space or just you know, flog through Facebook, or do you read a book to improve yourself? Do you listen to a podcast? So there's two sides of that. Um, another is like just sacrifice, right? Um, do nothing that is of no use. If 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 you know. Three, four hours of your day are spent lying on the couch, flipping through Facebook, watching Netflix at the same time. And then the very next day, you're complaining that you're, like, you're behind in whatever project you're working on or that you're unmotivated or that, you know, you're, you're tired or whatever. You know, you wasted those three or four hours. You spent them on something that was really not useful for you, right? Are you willing to sacrifice that leisure time to get ahead? Are you willing to sacrifice that leisure time to motivate yourself? Um, Do nothing that is of no use. So to recap really quick, do not think dishonestly. The way is in training. Become acquainted with every art. Know the ways of all professions. Distinguish between gain and loss in worldly matters. Develop intuitive judgment and understanding for everything. Perceive those things which cannot be seen. Pay attention even to trifles. Do nothing which is of no use. Now, it's easy to read those things. It's super hard to do it. Um... I've struggled for many years with a lot of those things. And, and, you know, Musashi is just one man. And, uh, you know, I I hope that you, you know, can begin your journey in some way from just one of those things. I'm going to end with a story unrelated to this uh, stream of, of things that uh, uh, Mr. Ong put together in his article. Um, and that's from the, that's, if you go to the article, you'll see a picture, uh, the very first picture he puts in there, um, famous um, duel between Musashi and Kojiro at uh, Ganryu, Ganryu, I, I don't know exactly how to say, Island. So it's a, a, a painting. I've seen it a few times, and it's like a three-panel painting, but um, so the story goes that, uh, you know, Musashi had gone through, um, you know, his life. This is one of the, it might be his last duel, I'm not sure, but one of them. But he'd gone through his life just like wandering Japan and um, dueling uh, other swordsmen, whatever, to the death in a lot of cases. Um, think about that for a second. 
there was one man that he kept avoiding, um, and and I believe uh, Kojiro was like the like renowned as like the best um, uh, swordsman. Fencer is what they call it. It's what it translates to fencing. Um, there was at the time, you know, and it's like if Musashi beats this guy, well then he would get that honor or whatever. I could be wrong. I'm sure someone listening can tell me, or if I do a little more research, um, this is from memory. But so he's challenged, you know, constantly by Kojiro, and and he keeps slipping him and avoiding him. But finally, he accepts the challenge, and he tells Kojiro, um, "Meet me at uh, on Gunrill Island, sunrise." Or something like that. And, uh, you know, Kajiro goes there immediately and sets up camp and is going to wait. And um, Musashi, like, he, like, does whatever. He stays up late, has dinner or whatever. Um, winds up getting up late. Like, leaves his uh, <laughs> leaves his um, swords in, the, in his hotel room or whatever. Goes out, you know, Finds a boat and is like, "Hey, hey, bro, can you drive me to this island?" The guy's like, "Sure, you're Musashi. You're like, dude's waiting on you." He's like, "Yep." And so they get going on the boat, and um, on the way, he takes one of the. He doesn't have a sword, so he takes one of the boat paddles, and like, fashions it into a a, a boken, which is a wooden version of the sword. And I may have these guys mixed up, so if I do whatever, but the story's still interesting, in how he employs strategy. And so he shows up, and um. You know, he shows up late. And so here's Kojiro. He's, like, he's like standing there, and he's, like, upset because, you know, it's a great dishonor to be late to this duel or whatever. And he's, like, furious, you know, and Sashi just, like, strolls off the boat or whatever, you know, and Kojiro's furious, and um, they, they go to fight, and he just, like, Kojiro, like, just uses all his might in... in tries to strike this guy and he misses and then uh or you know he hits him but not quite properly or whatever his basically his anger overrides his um accuracy or whatever musashi smashes him with the with sword kills him he basically used this guy's um uh, what's the opposite of humility his arrogance um against him in that instance, he, he was a master strategist at playing up, up. And again, I don't even know if that's entirely correct. I, that's how I tell the story. I love it. I should probably research that more. But um, he's a master strategist in how he uses those everything at his disposal, not just his skill as a swordsman to be one-dimensional, which is, you know, Kojiro was very one-dimensional. He was the best there was, but it was one-dimensional. And uh, Musashi beat him without even using a sword in a sword duel. Um, so those are some of the, those are some of the lessons and things that Musashi brings to us from his book. Um, and following his life, there's, there's some really great movies about him. Um, he, you know, he's in, in Japanese culture, he's basically the, you know, Captain America, um, character for them. So, uh, study him, get the book of five rings, um, read this article. This is a good one. Um, hope to catch you next time. Uh, very much appreciate you spending your time with me. I hope you get something out of this. If you do, let me know. If you got something that you want to talk about, let me know. would love to get into it with you. So until next time, get after it.